Greetings, everyone. Hey, how you doing? It's Matt Sala. Today, we are doing a spoiler talk review for The Owl House, Season 1, Episode 19, the season finale, dubbed Young Blood, Old Souls. Joined with me, as always, is my good friend Mark, joined via satellite radio. Hey, Mark, how you doing out there, buddy? Well, Matt, it's 2020, it's the end of August, and I'm still alive. So, taking that for what it's worth. Huzzah! What wonderful news I hear. Thank you, I like to think it is. And because this is a season finale episode, not only will Mark and I kind of talk about what our general thoughts are on this episode, maybe a little bit of spoiler, specific points and all that, we will be giving you our overall feelings of the season, as I do believe this is the last episode for a while. Correct, Mark? Correct. So, expect that much. Lost spoiler points. You catch a drift. A lot of spoilers. A lot of fun. Mistakes will be made. But the real award will be the friendship we've made along the way. Oh. Now, before we begin, folks, may I remind you that if you enjoy reviews just like this, be sure to like this video. Definitely subscribe if you want to hear more of our random opinions on cartoon shows and things like that. And don't forget to check out the rest of my channel for other types of reviews, such as DuckTales, some animated movies, and whatnot. I'm always looking for more things. Also, as a heads up, folks, Season 3 of Agretzko has dropped on Netflix. And yes, we will be checking that out. And hopefully, the episode will go live, our review, of course, to later this week. So keep an eye out for that. Well, without further ado, Mark, give the fine... Oh, hold on. We got a breaking update, Matt. We got a breaking update here. We got an update, dudes. Listen up. Just while we're on the subject of cool things we're going to be reviewing after this, because Owl House Season 1 is over now, after this, we officially end it. That's right. We have the final say as Lords of the the Say, I guess. It's a very good title. Don't question it. I'm not. Good. I'm glad you're not. DuckTales is coming back. The latter half of Season 3, we finally have a date. Set date is in here it is at the end of september starting september 21st so get hyped get woohoo put on your spats put on your top hat take off your pants put on your smoker's jacket and cane and let's do this maybe keep your pants on my body is ready the scotsman from samurai jack what are you doing here i didn't know you were a fan of ducktales i'm a big fan why wouldn't i be uh, or are you just here to promote that Samurai Jack game that looks kind of cool? Maybe, maybe not. Or maybe I just want to see some glom gold. Glom gold. Glom gold. Glom. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, we're digressing too much. But hey, thanks for letting us know, Mark. Yeah, this is what happens when you just like look up stuff because the world is terrible and find joy <laughs> in cartoon ducks. Too true, my friend. Too true. Well, anyway, without further ado, give the fine folks the summary of this season finale of The Owl House. Won't you be a dear and do so? Well, Matt, Luz and King prepared to go and free Ida from the clutches of Emperor Belos. They do. Luz seems to have really mastered her magic pretty well at this point with her glyphs. Uh, we see the war warden from the first episode but he's easily defeated and draws a map for Luz, which is very considerate of him all things considered uh for a brief moment it seems like ida will have her sanity back even in owl form as emperor wants something from her particularly something pertaining to Luz and maybe the human world itself but in along the way we find out the true reason that her sister has cursed her and do, 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 do. Gus and Willow are there for not much of a reason other than to maybe start a riot, but don't really do a good one. But eventually they escape, and Lilith and Edith learn to share the curse and responsibility, even at the risk of losing magic and still being on the run from the Emperor, as the Day of Unity is at hand. And that, my friends, is a general synopsis for this episode. So, what did I think about this episode? I'll kick my opinions off by saying this much. It's difficult for me to say 
say there were a lot of ideas and premises presented here that I liked. For those who follow me for some time now, you know I like the whole world building kind of lives at stakes storyline about. Now, there were some things we were predicting in the last review that kind of went against what we were hoping for a little bit. Like, I know we're so used to redemption arcs and we were kind of hoping Lilith probably just like went straight off the deep end and became a bad guy in a way. But no, her whole reason why she cursed Ida in the first place. Yeah, it makes justifiable sense how there's maybe a misunderstanding. There was a setup there and she was desperate to be the best she can be at the cost of like impairing her sister, even though she assumed it was just for a day. Turns out it was a whole lifetime of a of a burden. I, I do have to chime in here on this one. Who ever heard of a curse that only lasts 24 hours? Uh, such naive teenagers. They are so stupid. That is so naively convenient for her because it's just like they usually last forever or until the person who cursed you is like, okay, you've learned your lesson. I will remove the curse. Like, no, but nobody thinks that, Lilith. Yeah, well, that's dumb teenagers for you. So what can I say? Dumb teenagers being young and standing on lawns and wearing their hippity music. I don't know. (laughs) But no, seriously, folks, I like the ideas that were presented, but I believe what I said in last review kind of becomes more cemented here where the entire show felt like a slice of life in the boiling aisles, kind of a laid back adventure magic show. Whereas in the last two episodes, including this one, we were introduced to the emperor, what he was kind of after the means of how far he's willing to go to get what he wants. Like, I wish we had more of that sprinkled throughout the season. So the build up to it, we could have had more of a focus on Luce confronting the emperor to save Ida a bit more than we have to worry about all this backstory building and all that. And I feel like if if this if last episode and this episode were broken down into a three-parter episode, I feel like the pacing of this story would have felt more natural. But in my honest opinion, I really do feel like this particular episode felt rushed in terms of its story. And there are quite a few things that happened in the last episode that I thought were emotionally great. I liked it. But then I found myself that they were using the almost the same exact story beat again midway through this episode. And yes, I did get emotional for a second. But then when I thought about it, I was like, wait, didn't we just go through this? And there's a whole bunch of other things that kind of bugged me on this episode that took away the weight of the stakes for me. But I feel like I'm going to babble on for too long. Uh, Mark, why don't you share some of your opinions? What worked or what didn't work for you in this episode? It's hard for me to say. I I liked the episode fine, but I think after the last episode, my expectations were so high because it was that, that last episode was phenomenal and you know really it i mean quite literally in some sense gun blazing with you know story narrative emotional elements and you know all those things you want that this one i i do agree did seem to repeat some stuff where i would have wished it pushed some stuff forward again uh, i think like everything technically works everything is technically fine but nothing really hits a level of beyond satisfaction for me especially compared to the last one which is unfair but you know as a finale you kind of want 
these two to really keep the momentum going and then reach that satisfying conclusion, which we did to a degree. But um, yeah, I don't know. Lilith's redemption. I mean, I hope maybe we deal a little more with that in the second season because, you know, she's on the run for good now, too. So she has the potential to be a recurring character more than she already was. But um, maybe some of it, maybe if I may suggest one change, just because I don't believe in being a person who just says, well, this is bad and not offering like my own solution to a problem not that there's a problem but just like if we didn't have Ida regain her consciousness or sentience until the end where Lilith does the share the pain spell with her I think that could have maybe had a lot more emotional payoff for both her and for Luz, honestly, if because we do the whole thing again where she's regained consciousness, she's in her owl form, and like they're doing their goodbye thing again. And it's just, I mean, I guess Luz needed to know that the Emperor needed the key and needed to get the key, but I think there could have been some ways around that. I don't know. And I mean, this episode also has no hootie, which is a crime against all witches and wiz- wizards and witches. And I think there's just witches. I think it's a unisex term in this world. But um, yeah, there's no hootie, which was really bummed because I was really hoping hootie would have done something because hootie was there and just sad and everything. And I love hootie and he's a monster, a horrific monster. But also, uh, I'm kind of rambling. I, it was fine. It was good. I wish maybe at the end uh when they share the curse that it would have been a little they would have both had to have had more physical ramifications for that at best edelin has gray streak and one of her eyes is gray now i mean so is uh i mean just because uh lilith only gets a gray streak and one of her eyes goes gray which looks cool but i kind of wish they maybe pushed it a little further just to kind of show a little bit more evenness to it because i mean it's implied that uh ida's hair is completely gray because of the curse at this point not because of age or anything like that so i don't know maybe if there was just some sort of balance to it kind of just made it look more interesting and i don't know uh gus and willow i love willow they both i don't think did anything i don't think anyone is really against the emperor at the moment i feel like it was kind of a spur of the moment thing no one really rioted all that hard i feel like the emperor was still really cool still really powerful i like and hope that we kind of keep this going that he's not just trying to invade the moral world because he's something from another world that wants to invade another world for no good real reason and i do wish kiki mora maybe isn't as powerful as i hoped she was because i mean she was held at fireball point and just kind of complied. I'm kind of hoping she can still become a real threat. I think I'm just looking forward to season two now, knowing that we have a bit of a ticking clock with this portal opening. But I don't know, maybe it's because I've already seen it in especially other Disney shows like Gravity Falls, but I hope this one doesn't drop the ball. Not that Gravity Falls did. Gravity Falls did it great. But I hope it does it in a unique and new way, and it doesn't feel like something I've already seen before. Yeah, to kind of jump off your points of what you were making before and why I say pacing was such a big issue with this episode, as in it was too fast, I feel like because they were trying to get to the important points quickly, a lot of other characters were underutilized. Like you said yourself, Willow and Gus, they tried to delay the petrification of Ida by causing a protest, but that technically didn't really go anywhere and didn't seem like any of the guards or Kiki responded to that really much at all. Other characters I felt like were completely underutilized was King. I mean, King is my favorite out of all the cast members right now, and he was barely used at all except for being a pep talk for Luz at the very beginning. And the other thing that kind of bothered me because I really started to grow on this couple idea was, and again, I know her leg is broken, but I really feel like Amity should have had more of a presence in this episode as well, considering what was at stake. So yeah, it's like the focus kind of felt too focused, I guess, for lack of a better term. 
But uh, I will say on positives here, I did like the emperor as an idea behind him. Like, I remember the first time we heard him talk and address himself a little bit to Lilith. I told you, he really reminds me of Hordak from the Shira reboot cartoon. Except I find this emperor guy a little more interesting right now because he's not as angry and rash as Hordak. He definitely felt like he was in control almost the entire time, even when he had his mask chipped away by that one spell. He didn't go like full rage mode, although you did hear this really cool monstrous growl for a split moment. Like, I kind of like that. I'm like, oh, okay. So later on in season two, if we start to fight him more, are we going to start to see a more gruesome beast come about through him? Like, I'm really intrigued by this guy. No, yeah, the emperor will continue to be a main focal point of interest for me. Uh, You did bring up a good point, though, Matt. I cracked the code watching this episode with you. Uh, I believe we have met uh, Amity's parents in the background watching the fight. You had eagle eyes, boy. I do. I believe it's possibly her father and her mother, at the very least her mother. Throw that screen cap up there, Matt, because you're the one that edits these. Yeah, Matt. Look at it right there. Oh, there you go. I'm glad future Matt took care of this. I can always count on that guy. He's a smart lad. Unlike present Matt. Aww. But no, seriously, I said it before, I said it again. I think there's some great world building, especially within the last two episodes. I just wish we had one more episode, in episode 20, to really flesh out everything that's going on and have it be a proper crescendo and have Luce's new friends be more of a presence and help her out in rescuing Ida and all that stuff. But you said it before, Mark, maybe our expectations was a little bit too high, especially since the last episode was so great, but it wasn't a bad episode. Even though I sound like I'm ragging on it a lot, I like the idea behind it. I'm still okay watching the series. I think it's a fun little show that got progressively better as it went on. And so I'm looking forward to see where the show creator takes us in season two. And it's like you said, Mark, we now have a timetable of events. Day of Union, I believe, is what the emperor called it or something like that. The emperor said himself, his plan to invade the human world is nothing that boorish. And so if that is, if he is to be believed, then that makes me wonder, because we didn't get really any answers to those letters. Remember those letters, Mark? Yeah. We didn't really get an answer to that. We don't know if that was the emperor or maybe Kiki did something like that, because it seems to imply that the emperor doesn't know how to get to the human world and only Ida does. So uh, maybe there's some detail we're missing. Let us know in the comment section below if there's a little factoid we may have missed. I could ramble on on and on about this, but the point where I'm trying to get at here is I'm really curious to see what the emperor wants. Maybe there's like a magical artifact that is completely useless in the human world that he wants to get that will be like super powerful in the boiling aisles dimension. I don't know. There's got to be something there he wants. We'll just have to wait and see, won't we, Mark? I mean, I guess we will. And that's going to be kind of the biggest thing moving forward, I think, for this. That we really are just going to have to wait and see. And I mean, here's hoping. I like. I believe this show has shown enough that I shouldn't be worried about anything because I have enjoyed the show overall. I think it's a great show, but uh, it'd be hard to say. Just I'm not feeling maybe underwhelmed isn't the right word, but kind of just satisfied in the base sense. Like maybe a little underwhelmed. I don't know, but we'll have to wait and see. I'm still excited for season two, and uh, I wish the show the best and hope its production hasn't been impacted too much by COVID and other global events. Yeah, I hope so too. And hey, Rough Draft worked on this show, the same studio that helped animate Futurama. So they got points in my book for that. That explains a lot. But yeah, I agree with you, Mark. 
I was a tad bit underwhelmed with the season finale, but overall for this show, and I I will admit I'm probably not the target audience for the show, I still thought it was a lot of fun. There were a lot of great characters in there, dynamic personalities. Not all of them were pitch perfect for me, like I'll admit this much. I think Gus is probably my least favorite character, only because of how self-centered and selfish he appears to be in most places. Yes, he does take a moment to help loose in situations, but he always seemed kind of out of there a lot of the moments. And Willow, yeah, she's kind of interesting. I do kind of like her, but I don't know. I really feel like we need to explore those two characters a little bit more in the next season. But overall, it's a good series. I enjoyed it. I think a lot of people who are fans of magic or maybe like some level of weirdness, but not too weird or gruesome will enjoy this. It's a good series. It's a good little series. And my God, Disney, please put it on Disney Plus so more eyes are on it, please. Yeah, I hate the fact that we have to go around through um, the, what's it, the Watch Disney or whatever. Yeah, I have to use Disney now. Terrible interface loads at a snail's pace. I mean, just, it doesn't even have, just put it on Disney Plus. I mean, you can still air it, but like, just have it be, hey, in 24 hours or whatever, after the original air date, it'll be available on Disney Plus. Just going to add more value to your own content. Just do it. You have the power. I've been recommending this to plenty of people who don't have cable and it's not easy for them to watch it. Yeah, right. Well, that's a whole other discussion, but hey, I say that is generally our opinion on the Owl House season finale, as well as the whole season as a whole. Do you have any other closing remarks, Mark? No, I'm just looking forward to season two. I'm excited for DuckTales and all the cool things we have coming up, and uh, thank everyone for joining us on this. Absolutely. Thank you all for joining us on this adventure in the Boiling Isles, and my goodness gracious, I'm looking forward to watching Agretzko some more. And end of September, DuckTales is back, and I'm super excited for that one. Anywho, folks, you heard our opinion, but now we want to hear yours. Let us know in the comment section below, what did you think of the season finale episode of The Owl House? And your thoughts on the season overall. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Share your thoughts. Join the conversation. And you know the deal. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, ring that bell to be notified when new videos drop. And if you want to support me directly, please consider going to my Patreon. I got drawings up there, a couple other little goodies and whatnot. So you want to see the dumb things I make? Yeah, head to my Patreon. Check it out there and support me if you want to by donating a dollar a month or whatever. Or if you want to do a one-time donation, consider going to my Streamlabs. Links are in the description below. This, my friends, is Matt Sella. And this is Mark. Thanking you all for tuning in.